Hello and welcome back to the Kickback Pod. I am your host, Josh. I'm here with my co-host, Fabian. And guys, trust me, we will work on that intro. We're going to get a better intro next time. Uh, But right now, you just got my voice introducing you to the podcast. But in this episode, so the quarter one, Q1 of the year 2021, it's already over. It feels like this is the fastest year of all time, actually. Like Dude, it's, it's warp speed, man. Yeah, insane, man. It's already mid-April, but the first three months of the year are over, and uh, we're gonna basically break it down, talk about some of the biggest trends that happened in the year, uh, and the different st- release strategies of the different brands, as well as give you some awards. Which ones you, which ones do we think are the best sneakers that dropped in the first month? And I also have to say that um, this pod. This particular episode was actually inspired by the quarterly sneaker report that High Snobiety puts out every quarter. And uh, here at the Kickback Pod, we're obviously honored because the author of the article is one or is the, our co-host Fabian. So, uh, if you guys haven't actually read these uh, these articles that come out every quarter by High Snobiety, highly recommend you guys to do so. Some quality quality content for sure. Yeah, so, I mean um, they're they're done in in so high somebody or I do them uh, in partnership with StockX, you know, one of the bigger um, resale platforms in the world. So they have a bunch of data which uh, they provide for this. So you know, shout out StockX, shout out Jesse, Madison, Katie, and the team. Um, yeah, and and they just let me kind of run wild with data, and I, I really love these pieces. So I I love that you suggested that we should do this f- as this episode. You know, so. Um, I guess let's start though with latest pickups and then we'll get into the Q1 report. Yeah, of course. As always, latest pickups. Uh, did you cop anything, Fabian, in the last couple I of weeks? I did. I did. So I got the High Snobiety ZX8000, you know, the High Snobiety Adidas collab. It drops on April 23rd. So obviously being a, you know, High Snobiety team member, I am also part of team early this time around. (laughs) Um, I shared it on my, on my Instagram uh, today and it's, it's gotten a really good response over the last few weeks. You know, we've teased a little bit and I, I, I have it in hand now for the first time. And I have to say like, it's pretty, pretty nice. Like the, it, so what Adidas did was they had an A to ZX um, like series and each letter of the alphabet was uh, given to a certain partner and Heisen Body received Q for quality and um, the shoe we oh, put out. Right. And so like the shoe we put out, it, you know, f- it features like really nice high quality leather, um, leather lining, uh, really nice laces, and just really nice finishes, like uh, you know, like a nice high snobiety logo on the heel, um, and yeah, so it's it's pretty high quality and lives up to its name. So I'm super happy that I received that. Yeah, that pair looks super super clean, and yeah, that that nice uh, HS logo on the back too, really my nice favorite done. detail. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. So like, so I guess there's going to be what like 26 different collabs dropping, like one for every letter. Yeah, that, so they they've already they've been doing it since like I think late 2019, early 2020, and it's been like every month they've had one or two releases. Like the Sean Watherspoon ones are mm-hmm. S, I think, for Super Earth. Overkill had O for Overkill, obviously, um, which dropped at Overkill last week and is dropping again on April 30th worldwide. You had Bape, 
Um, you had like a bunch of uh, like high-end kind of either retailers, brands, or publications that collabed with Adidas. And I think ours is probably one of the last. I think there's maybe like three or four left. Um, yeah. Okay. It's been pretty cool. <laughs> who's who's going to like get the X like exhibit? <laughs> oh man. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if they've even dropped X yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would have to check. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's, that's a really dope pickup for sure. A couple of pickups for me. Uh, first of all, the Jordan one hyper Royal, I picked that up. Uh, I don't like the name. I got to say they, they should have called it something else because it doesn't look like any of the other hyper Royal Jordans that ever dropped. It's a much lighter color. It's kind of like a cloud, you know, like it's kind of like sky inspired. They should have called it like the sky blues or something. Oh, but yeah, but sky blue, sky blue is kind of unc although unc is carolina blue it's so hard with these with these yeah, different shades no, but, but you know it's got kind of like these like uh white hits on the blue so it, it it's looks like, like clouds in the or, or clouds yeah 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 so like kind of like you should have called it cloud blue or something i, I yeah. that's just i thought the naming could have been different but it's a really nice colorway one of the most unique colorways we've seen in the last couple of years how's the, the how's the quality yeah the quality just not good in my no? opinion unfortunately yeah leather oh, pretty poor the leather is, I would say, like kind of just as bad as the uh, mocha ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt the mocha ones in hand, but those are pretty poor quality. So like yeah, I did a whole video actually talking about the differences between the University Blue and the Hyper Royal. University Blue, way nicer on the quality. So if you guys had to pick one, I, I know if I had to pick one, like definitely University Blue is the one I would go for. And the other uh, latest pickup, I also copped the uh, Adidas uh, forums, the 84 forums. Oh, nice. Uh, I saw those on your Instagram story. You uh, you really like those, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm actually like, super impressed with that pair. Like, it's a general release pair, nothing hyped or anything. Although it's actually getting quite a bit of hype because I've seen a lot of general release colorways sell out. Like, the, mm-hmm. the green and the blue pairs have sold out. I copped, like, just the gray pair. And quality is so nice. And and just for like a general release, like $110, 110 euro shoe, super, super nice. And it just has like a really nice vintage look to it. So and I definitely a, think. It's Beyonce's favorite shoe too. Does Beyonce actually wear shoes though? Like I, yeah, I have yeah, a, yeah. I, I'm really suspicious about this whole like Ivy Park uh, collab, man. I've never seen Beyonce ever wear sneakers. She only wears heels. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think I think she wore it growing up, I think. And um like I think it's her all-time favorite sneaker. Let's just put it oh, that way. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, I I hope that's true, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't really I'm not a huge believer in this uh Ivy Park thing. But but either way, the forum lows, super, super nice uh, pair of shoes for sure. And one of the surprisingly like one of the more hyped up silhouettes from Adidas this year. Um, yeah, so I can't I guess that's pretty much everything for, about the pickups. Why don't we just get into the article? Yeah, let's so, do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can go ahead. I will kick us off. So basically, um, I'm going to link the article in the show notes so you can kind of follow along. But um for this quarter, we broke it up into three major storylines, which is what we do every quarter. The first storyline is Nike Dunk Fatigue. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been, you know, following my articles or, uh, you know, some of my comments on Heist and Biety's best releases of the week, but I do hate on dunks a lot. 
uh, in the last few weeks or months, uh, calling them dead and, and saying that the hype is over. Um, basically, this section is pretty simple. So it outlines the average dunk resale price versus resale uh, release volume of Nike dunks over time. So from Q2 2020 to the end of Q1 uh, 2021. And it's pretty simple. So if you take a look at the uh, chart on the, um, on the website, it uh, shows that in the beginning last year towards Q2, Q3, they had very low release volume. So each month you would have a maximum of two to three, sometimes even just one release at very limited uh, stock numbers. And that's when the resale price was at an all-time high. You had resale, average resale prices for dunks hitting $400, $420. Um, and then around September 2020, um, you saw a huge increase in the number of releases. You would have almost, I think it was in September. Yeah, September you had almost like eight releases in one month, which brought the average price down to around $300. Um, and so, you know, the allocation was rel still relatively tight, but the number of releases was increasing. That's when you saw all of the collaborations with retailers and stuff like that. And in the early part of the year, you had obviously uh, Travis Scott, Dunk Lowe's, SB Dunk Lowe's, and then the Chunky Dunkies, which um, both were and still are reselling for over $1,000. So that obviously helped spike the resale price. But ever since around August, the resale price has been steadily falling uh, for Dunks um, because the release volume has increased. Um, so you'll see that uh, from September until January, you had consistently a lot of releases, around five a month. And then in January and February of this year, so Q1 2021, um, you had 10 to 15 in a month. Um, and this all comes down to Nike building hype over several years, actually, very, very strategically placing dunks on the feet of, you know, of the likes of Travis Scott, 18 to 24 months before any of the big collaborations came out. And that obviously fueled hype. And then when the big first collaborations came, they were super limited. And obviously anything that's super limited and super hyped will immediately sell out and resell for a lot. Um, now, if you look at the average price of Nike Dunks, you it hovers between $200 and $250. So compared to like the high of over $400, they've lost almost 50% of their value, um, which is a lot. But then you have to say that Dunks only cost 100. So if they're reselling for 200 to 250, that's still over 100% of their retail price. So over time, you've seen hype kind of drop a little bit, release volume and the amount of stock increase, which has led to average dunk resale prices dropping, but they're still, you know, relatively hyped. I mean, like, you know, Josh, you can you can attest to this. I would say that dunks this year are still the shoe of the year or not the shoe of the year, but like the shoe of the moment. Um, but obviously uh, resale prices are falling and that dunk hype did peak, I think last summer. Um, so yeah, that that's basically what the chart shows. And um, I like for me, it's clear it's only going downhill from here. I mean, like you said, Josh, the, uh, the quality of recent dunk releases has been much, much worse than last year. Uh, there's so many colorways dropping. I mean, the good thing is more people are getting their hands on them and people who missed out last year have a chance now. But uh, in, in terms of just looking at the hype of the shoe, the hype life cycle, it's definitely nearing its uh, end date 
in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. Like like you said, the numbers don't lie. We have seen uh, the resale prices of the dunks start to drop a little bit. And I think uh, uh, basically what you said is exactly what happened. Well, like because last year they were really spaced up, like spaced out uh, the, the way that the releases happened. Like there were several weeks in between releases. So there was very few quantity of dunks entering the market and everyone wanted them. So of course the prices are very high. And this year... We're just getting colorway after colorway after colorway. There, there's been two days so far this year where we had four colorways of the dunk drop on the same day, which yeah. is just insane, unheard of. So um, I don't think it's actually fair to say that dunks are dead, at least not yet. Because they're dying, though. They're definitely dying. It, it actually reminds me a, a lot of like when the Yeezy 350s um, they were it, they were like the most hyped silhouette ever but then I remember like when the first Yeezy 350 didn't sell out when it was like just sitting on shelves it didn't have any resale and that was like a turning point like for me at least like I, I knew this was pretty much the end of like Yeezy 350 hype <laughs> and we kind of started to see that this year there was some colorways that didn't sell out so for example there was this hyper cobalt colorway of the dunk low which was like a blue and black colorway yeah and this one didn't sell out and it had pretty much no resale and that that was like the first big sign that i saw that okay this tells me that the dunk hype is definitely starting to die if shoes are just not even selling out then yeah, yeah. it's definitely on its way out um what i kind of uh see happening and what has been happening is that because there are so many colorways of the dunk dropping people are being a lot more picky and, and choosy about which ones to go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need every single one that drops every week. So that's why some colorways now are performing much better or much worse than others. Uh, like some of the more popular ones that have dropped this year, like the Dunk Low Coast, which was that blue pair. And then oh, also the, the, the UCL ones, UCLA right? one, exactly. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah. And then also the uh, there was like a girls uh, women's only uh, sunset orange or orange pearl I think this mm. one uh, I guess I guess every girl wanted to cop those because the resale prices on those also very high and then and then on the flip side you look at a lot of pairs like I mentioned the hyper cobalts already then there was like the um, like the recently released like sulfurs which is like this yellow high top. That one also not reselling for much, like maybe like $30, $40 above retail. So it's become really like a buyer's market now. Like there's so many dunks dropping. You can pick and choose which one you want. Some are going to do well, some are not. But uh, I guess like that's all part of what uh, Nike probably knew this was going to happen. And this is probably what they wanted to see happen. 100%. So, I mean, they're, they're just cashing in. But I, I like that point about it being a buyer's market now because let me just say here that when I say like dunk hype and dunks are dead and it's dying, I don't mean that in a negative way. Obviously I think it's okay. That's the natural life cycle of a shoe, right? Each shoe has its golden era, its moment when it's most hyped, when it's super expensive and then trends change or people get tired of it. And that's normal. I think it's nice that people can now pick up dunks at their local footlocker or, uh, you know, like a couple of days after release or, or even if it sells out, they can still pick them up for thirty or forty dollars over over uh, retail, which I think is a good thing. But just like looking at it from a hype perspective, obviously the hype is dying out a little bit. Um, whether you think that's okay or not, or co- good or not, is is up to you. I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's 
just allowing more people to have a shoe that was super, super hyped. And, and a lot of people like, you know, it's still a, like the dunk hasn't changed. It's still a good shoe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of surprised with how fast Nike basically started overproducing the, the dunks. Like I, I never expected them to go from suddenly doing two release of the month to suddenly 20, you know, like they just, they went zero to hundred real quick pretty much, you know, so that, that, that part kind of shocked me a little bit with how, mm-hmm. especially like the fact that we're still kind of in this pandemic world, Corona world. Like I didn't expect them like in the first half of this year to release so many dunks. I thought they would wait for kind of the COVID thing to pass and then start releasing them. So yeah. I was just, I, think, uh, I guess I'm a bit surprised. Well, I think, I think that, um, yeah, like in a way it's surprising just cause it's so sudden. Right. But I think if they had waited too long or had tried to transition too much, then the hype would have died and these big like high stock releases wouldn't have sold as much. I think they had to catch it when the hype was at its highest or high enough and then just boom, like suddenly hit people with a lot of dunks whilst people still want them. Um, so, and, and I think that the people who control the stock levels at any brand are super, super, super in tune with data and, and all that kind of stuff. They have to be, obviously they need to time it perfectly. They don't want stuff sitting on shelves, but they want, they don't want to like release 50 pairs when they could have sold 5,000 because then they're leaving money on the table. Um, so I think, I think it, in my opinion, Nike has timed everything to perfection from the beginning of the hype creation phase to the, you know, hype collaborations coming and then now they're just cashing in because it's their cash cow, f- at least for 2020, 2021. So, so that actually brings us into our second point uh, of uh, the other thing that we noticed about quarter one, which was the amount of releases that Nike put out versus other sneaker brands. Uh, you won't can elaborate on it. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So uh, obviously StockX is a resale platform, right? So they don't have you know, Nike or other sportswear brand data at the retail level. They just have data of what is bought and sold on their platform, obviously. But what happened in Q1 and the thing that kind of stuck out to me most was that Nike released so many more sneakers than its competitors. Uh, StockX found that Nike and Jordan brand together, obviously same company, different subdivisions, had 150 major releases that landed on StockX in those first three months. And major releases are defined by sneakers that are bought or sold at least 100 times uh, on StockX during the release week, right? So anything under that doesn't count as a, a major release. And New Balance, Reebok, and Adidas were around a third of that. So those three brands together release about 50 major releases in three months. Uh, Nike and Jordan brand three times that amount, which is just crazy. Um, and part of that, as you, you know, rightfully mentioned has just been the insane number of dunks, you know, they, they've just flooded the market with different colorways and, you know, because the dunk hype is so high, a lot of those have been major releases. So that kind of, um, plays into it a little bit. Um, and then what's interesting there. So what, what happened there was Nike released a shit ton of sneakers and that caused their market share to increase at least on StockX by 5% from last quarter, whilst Jordan brand stayed pretty even at negative 0.8% and Adidas lost a full 3% of their market share. So StockX data showed 
that in Q4 2020, so at the end of 2020, uh, it was basically Nike, Jordan brand, or I think Jordan brand, Nike, and then uh, Adidas at, at, a, at a close third. But because Nike just pumped out so many releases, Nike and Jordan brand, Adidas is now a distant third in terms of market share just because they lost a little bit. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, right? Um, coming, you know, coming at it from different angles. Uh, one thing that we noticed, the StockX team and I, is that uh, if you look at hype releases for all brands, which we defined as sneakers that sold for 50% over retail, right? Um, Nike's concentration of hype releases 66% of their sneakers that released for 50% over retail were dunks, mm. either dunks or SB dunks. And then 36.6% were other sneakers, which just shows that Nike's strategy, in my opinion, is just riding whatever it has that's hot right now and pushing that. I'm sure if you look back at like 2017, 2018, you would see off-white Nikes there. If you looked at 2019 you would probably see the air jordan one there and now obviously it's the dunks turn um which like i mean like what what do, what do you think about that like does that surprise you that the dunk makes up 66 percent of nike's hype releases no i mean for q1 not not at all i mean that's that's what we were just talking about that's literally all nike has been doing in q1 it's been dunk after dunk every single week and and speaking of off-white i mean we're gonna be seeing apparently 20 off-white dunks dropping this year 20 different colorways and honestly i don't know if i don't know if this rumor was squashed or not but this is this seems to be this seems to be in the rumor mill that we might get 20 different colorways of the off-white dunks which is just nuts which is just it's insane, insane. I, so i think it's i think it's true uh, i i don't know for sure but i think what happened was that virgil squashed the colorway rumor because he was like, oh. oh, these colorways are shit. Like he was like, I couldn't even think of this many bad colorways if I tried, but he never rejected the fact that there would be 20 dunks coming, which to me is like, like, what are you doing at that point? I feel like at that point, dunks won't be that cool anymore. No, of and course not. Nike off white. Isn't that cool anymore. So it's like two things that aren't that cool anymore. Um, but you know, only time will tell maybe, I'm totally wrong and people will be going crazy for these. Yeah. Maybe they'll be limited I, I, I to like 10, so. 10 pairs, uh, a color. I, I don't think so either, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, of course it depends on the quantity, but just the fact that there's going to be 20 different colorways, like that just, it doesn't make me want any of them. Like there's, there's just too many. It's just not, it's not, it's not cool. Like you, you and like, it's such a, it's, it's like a way of just absolutely kind of hurting the off-white Nike partnership to me i don't know why they needed to do this maybe um, the contract running out and they were like you know fuck it let's just pump out as much as we can <laughs> and, and then and then and then they're like all right now we're out and then you know virgil signs for adidas and hangs out with jerry yeah, jerry, yeah, could jerry lorenzo or something but uh yeah you're right it's uh it's it's absolutely nuts but it's also to be expected like you said with uh with a nike nike dunk concentration which yeah. leads me to uh adidas right yeah which is the the complete opposite so if you um you know if you are looking at the um article later or right now what you'll see is that the adidas hype releases pie chart is much 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 more diverse than um the nike one you have uh you know you have ZX sneakers. You've got four different Yeezy silhouettes. 
You've got a range of forums, which obviously were led by the Bad Bunny Lows, which were super hype because they were also super limited. You've got uh, Hugh NMDs, you've got Sambas, you've got Stan Smiths, you know, uh, you've got Continental 80s. So Adidas has taken a much different approach where they have, in my opinion, a wider variety of collaborators that appeal to different kinds of people. And Adidas has spread its collaborators across its um, catalog of products differently to Nike. So obviously Nike has a lot of collaborators too, but what they do is, oh, the, the dunk is hot. Let's get all of our top collaborators collaborating on the dunk. Whilst Adidas is like, yo, we want to sell forums. We want to sell Yeezys. We want to sell QNMDs. We want to sell whatever. Let's spread our collaborators out on those silhouettes and give each of them kind of like a little bit of shine, which, uh, you know, neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. Uh, it just, you know, ended up being, uh, that Adidas had, you know, many more different types of shoes that were classified as hype releases in Q1. Yeah. And, and their, their strategy has actually, in my opinion, been pretty effective. Uh, the forums, to be able to actually generate uh, a lot of hype for that silhouette, which and that silhouette has been pretty dead for like yeah. a, a while now. And the way that they brought it back, they had a collab with uh, with Beyonce, like you mentioned. Uh, there was also a couple of bad bunny colorways that are just insane resale prices. And from what I read, they were the highest ever non Yeezy Adidas resale price ever. On a yeah. non-easy, I think I read that actually in 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 the um, in the Q1 sneaker report. It's the, um, it's the hi- most hype non-easy Adidas sneaker in StockX history. In StockX history, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, which yeah, of course. So it's it's actually crazy that they got Bad Bunny to uh, do a collab on the on the forums. Uh, but yeah. yeah, a lot of hype for that. And uh, you mentioned the Yeezy silhouettes. Uh, I also really like Adidas' strategy with the Yeezy brand this year. They tried to bring the hype back on the 700 line by reducing the price point. And also, uh, uh, it seems like they've drastically reduced the quantity as well. So that's why we're seeing pretty high resale prices now. Once again, the, the silhouette that kind of just came back from the dead, the 700s. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got the 450s, which is, uh, I don't know, a hit or miss sneaker. And then also, the of course, the form runners, which, uh, which every Everyone's, well, not everyone, which most people seem to love. You can just see the insane resale prices for those ones. Yeah, those uh, are yeah. Crazy. So it, it, it's pretty, it's it's pretty cool to see what Adidas has done with a lot of vintage silhouettes and also a lot of new silhouettes. So, it to me, at least from a consumer point of view, uh, what they're doing is a lot more exciting to me than uh, what Nike seems to be doing. At least, at least what Nike's strategy seems to be this year. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. Like. You know, if, if you love the dunk, then obviously you want to see as many people as possible work on the dunk. But if if you if you don't want to just wear dunks or you know just wear forums or just wear Yeezys, Adidas's approach allows you to kind of pick and choose. So like you might have the Bad Bunny uh, Bad Bunny um, forums, and then you might have a pair of Yeezys, and then you have a QNMD or something, and. And you know your closet and your rotation looks a little bit different. Sure, it's all one brand, but it's all different styles, which which I think is quite cool. Um, and then obviously, I think a geographic, uh, like the geographic um, demographics and stuff like that, play into it too. As uh, StockX uh, Jesse, the guy who I work with at StockX, he um, he said that the ZX sneakers are super popular in Germany, 
whilst uh, the Bad Bunny collab is super popular in Puerto Rico and Mexico. So again, you see that they've picked these collaborators very, very strategically to push these products in certain markets too, mm. um, which I think is is obviously super smart. I mean, the people working at Adidas are obviously all really, really smart people. That's why Adidas is where it is today. Um, but yeah, it's just it's also interesting just to compare the two strategies, yeah, right? Uh, and 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 look at the data. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for uh, that section. And then the final and third and final um, storyline of the sneaker report is actually the cross buyer phenomenon. Um, you basically what I and you know we've spoken about this with uh, NFTs and digital assets in the past, but. What I noticed was that more and more people were who sell sneakers were selling other stuff too, collectibles, or in this case, trading cards, Pokemon or rookie basketball, uh, European football cards, that kind of stuff. And um, what we tried to do with StockX was kind of illustrate, not really with data or well with data a little bit, but not like too hard data. Um what types of card buyers buy what types of sneakers. So this was a little fun one. So people who typically buy and sell Pokemon cards buy the Nike Air Force One low, just like the triple white one, which is like a pretty basic, but also classic sneaker, right? It's pretty funny. Yeah. And then um, people who buy and sell the Kylian Mbappe uh, rookie card or like trading card, they love the Travis Scott Nike Air Jordan one high, which uh I, you, I don't think you can really like say, okay, these types of people like these types of shoes. It's just funny to see, but yeah. uh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, Mbappe is a Jordan brand or a Nike athlete. Uh, Travis Scott is obviously super hyped. I don't know. Um, I, guess, I guess we're talking about two overhyped things. Anyways, moving on to the third point. Oh, shots <laughs> fired. We're going to have to talk about this later. Maybe we'll do like a, we'll do a football uh, podcast episode. Um no, and then um, the Luka Doncic uh, rookie card, uh, people who buy and sell that, they buy the Adidas Easy Boost 350 V2 Zebra. Um, so I don't know. Could you say there that all the the, the hype beasts like Luka, maybe Luka is a hype beast. I don't know. Maybe he's not worth the hype. I don't know. I think he's the next face of the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to say, honestly, that, the, looking at who's buying what shoe versus what rookie cards they're buying or what, what Pokemon cards they're buying, it's hard to. I, no, I think you the need, general. You need, you need. I need. You need a lot more data, I think, to actually like come up with a persona, right? For yeah. for each. Oh, you need um, but, way but more that data. Is interesting think, for sure. Yeah, I think the the whole point was just to kind of show that like people who buy and sell this, like trading cards, also buy and sell sneakers and vice versa. And I think yeah. obviously. It's 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 obvious why you know sneakers are driven by nostalgia, but also by hype and the ability to make money off of them, uh, and also you know limited quantities. Yeah. And the same is true with trading cards. Trading cards are limited. Certain ones sell for a lot of money, so you can make a lot of money there. Um, but then also a lot of older sneakerheads who used to collect uh, rookie cards or Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever when they were younger, they have that nostalgia. F- or nostalgic feeling too. And they're like, Oh shit. Like I used to do this when I was a kid. So maybe that's why they buy and sell there. And that's why they buy and sell or wear sneakers. So um, I think there's a lot of overlap between the two cultures or demographics, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I also think it's it's a lot to do with reselling in general. So, you know, on Instagram, you see all these uh, images of these resellers who have like 200 pairs of the trophy room ones. Uh, people like these, like I, I don't think that they came to the sneaker culture because they love sneakers. They saw an opportunity to make money and uh, they tried to capitalize on it. And now it seems like this hype culture is moving on to several other uh, assets as well, not just sneakers. So we're seeing it in trading cards as well. So that's why it's the same people and driven by the same incentives now yeah. moving on to the next hottest thing. So it's um, that that's why, like, I see there's a there's a clear, uh, you know, pattern there, but same people selling different types of products. I've seen it as well. Like, I, like I'm in a few uh, they call it cook groups, you know, like on Discord, people who like, you know, like get trade information about sneaker releases and whatnot. And some of these cook groups that I've in uh, in the last few months, they've suddenly opened up uh, Pokemon trading card channels. And now you have notifications for our, this store is dropping this Pokemon card at this time. Like get your bots ready. <laughs> oh, so, man. so it's, uh, it's actually kind of crazy. Like, like how, like I've seen it for my, in my own, with my own eyes, like the same people who are buying sneakers are now using those, those bots to buy sneaker to buy Pokemon card. So there's definitely like, it's, it's just, it's just about the money. It's like, where can I make money the fastest way possible? Uh, it seems like now Pokemon cards is the next big wave. Definitely. I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like two different types of people, right? It's the ones driven by hype and money. And then there is uh, the, the nostalgia feeling too, because uh, StockX was saying that particularly uh, Pokemon cards, they've seen that buyers and sellers, they're either super young and I think that's what the people you're talking about, the yes. ones that are really only in it for the money and not be, and because they know they can make money and they, they are digital natives and whatever. And then there's the people that are actually on the older end of StockX users. And uh, StockX uh, believes that those are primarily driven by uh, nostalgia. And then obviously, I think money is on everyone's mind when you're buying and selling uh, sneakers and um, trading cards or whatever digital assets you're selling. Uh, one advantage of trading cards, obviously they take up way less space, mm -hmm. so you don't need a huge closet. Um, but yeah, it, it's just interesting to see kind of the overlap. And I think sneakerheads in general love collecting things, right? Like whether it's trading cards or I don't know, what, what are those like bear bricks and all that shit, you know, they, they just love collecting things. Yeah, my, my, my brother is super into this right now. Like he'll literally, oh, yeah? he literally every day like drive to like a Walmart or or some store that has Pokemon cards. Just look at what's on the shelf and just buy them all. And like his like uh, he he's like he, where where he lives right now is just like tons and tons of Pokemon cards all over the house, <laughs> and he just yeah, resells I mean, them. Uh, a colleague of mine, he uh, knows people at different stores that sell these like sports cards. And they'll text him and be like, yo, we just got another shipment. And yeah, then he'll like, crazy. he'll come and he'll just pick it up. You know, like they, they're backdooring cards, which is, which is absolutely That's insane. But <laughs> backdooring yeah, cards. They really are, man. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, that's that's it in terms of uh, the Q1 report from my end. Um, I don't know if you had any last thoughts on everything. I know it was a no, lot of Last thoughts was just, uh, it's, it's awesome that, we have you on the pod, the writer of the article, and that we're able to actually elaborate further on this podcast. So 
expect one of these pods uh, every uh, every quarter, uh, kind of yep. like a follow up to the report. Uh, and in addition to that, we're going to do the final segment of this pod, which is hand out our awards. So we're going to hand out qu- quarterly awards uh, yep. to uh, all the sneakers that we think were the best releases of the last quarter. And the top I actually, three. the top three. Yeah. I actually also asked you guys on Instagram uh what was your favorite sneakers of the first quarter and uh just looking at i got thank you for all the responses by the way guys and just looking at all the responses it seems like the top three from i guess audience selection uh seems to be the university blue ones the neutral gray uh ones and also the taupe haze uh jordan fours so you got a lot of Jordan lovers in your follow. A lot of Jordan <laughs> lovers, man. A lot of Jordan lovers for sure. So, so these these three seem to be uh, the audience selection top uh, top three, and also surprisingly, quite a lot of people also voted for the forum Adidas highs or the lows. So, a lot of oh, Adidas nice. lovers in there as well. Dope. Um, but yeah, you do you want to start it off? Give, give us your your, uh, right. your top three. So let's let's do. I do my third. You do your third. Then we can. Right. You know. Okay. okay. So my third place sneaker has to be the yeezy foam runner sand because that's a nice pick just be i don't have it i wish i had it i just think like it it stands for everything kanye and adidas yeezy are about which is this crazy out of this world design um different it rubs people the wrong way when they first see it everybody hates on it everybody clowns on it and then guess what? It drops and everybody wants it. So that's why it comes in at number three for me. Okay. Well, we should have just done that one together because that's my number three as well. <laughs> nice. I mean, great, great minds think alike. I guess yeah, there's no, not that much was, more to say. That's literally exactly my shoe, the sand colorway. I, I even went out and I paid resale for it. I paid res I paid res I paid 260 euros for a pair of crocs man like (laughs) like no i'm nuts man man. like i don't know why i did that but i get so much use out of this shoe like i i wear it in my house and i wear it outside my house like it's like it's i don't know i i just like it's just like such a like uh easy to slip on and uh i just love the way it looks too it's so like out there and uh that colorway specifically i think is the best colorway to ever release uh even better than the og one yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the form runners. I really wanted a pair, so I had to definitely have it on my on, in my top three. Nice. Okay. So then we'll move to number two. My number two is the. It released pretty early this year. It is the um, Pata New Balance Nine Nine Ones. In that like nice. nice like dark brown with this pistachio kind of like light green hits. Um, just a perfect, perfect shoe in my opinion. I love the nine, uh, the nine nine one. It's super comfortable. It's uh, not as chunky as the nine nine two. A little sleeker. And um, these shoes are like, I saw them online. I was like, wow, I need these. And then I luckily I got them. And when I opened the box, they were even better than I had seen in the photos. And it's not. I think it's not often that a shoe looks better in person than it does on these highly edited Instagram photos. But the colors pop so much more in real life. So uh, I'm excited to wear these once uh, I get out of quarantine because uh, it, if we, we didn't sc- discuss this, but I'm back in Berlin and uh, I need to be in quarantine for 10 days before I can uh, leave my house. And these will be the first shoes that I rock. Oh, nice. So you were able to get them in your size too. That's yeah, good. Yeah. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, for for me, uh, my number two actually is the Jordan One Neutral Gray. Uh, okay. I think it's it's my favorite Jordan release of the year. I know it's like a super plain, super you might even say boring colorway, but uh, it's the first time that this colorway has retroed ever since 1985. And uh, yeah, like um, the shape of it leaves a little bit to be desired because. Uh, the midfoot area is extremely tight and it takes a lot of time to break into it. And I still would consider my pair not fully broken in because it is very uncomfortable to wear, but that's crazy. But the the leather quality is just super nice. And uh, it's just a really clean pair. It's like the type of shoe that just goes with anything. And I've been waiting for this colorway to drop for a long time. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely very happy with it. And that's my number two. Nice. Yeah. I remember when you got it, you were, you were so happy and then you were so annoyed that you couldn't wear it straight away because of Dude, the wear, wear I, issues. I don't think I told you yet, but like, I, like I got that shoe like a couple of weeks, like before I went on holiday, when I went to Portugal. So, and for those two weeks, I was trying my best to break them in. And essentially what happened is those shoes pretty much broke my foot because <laughs> then, because then when I went over to Portugal, like my foot was like trying to recover and like it was so painful man like i would wear like normal shoes and like i had the worst time i had to take ubers everywhere in portugal man because like walking sucked <laughs> my, <laughs> my feet were like trying to recover from the neutral grays <laughs> oh, yeah all right so my uh top release of the quarter so far and i think almost of the year I like, I don't know. It's it's early. It's early. But I I said this on Instagram, but the Reebok Zig 3D Storm Hydro, I know that you, uh, you, we posted them on our Instagram, the the all black ones. Oh, that one. Wait, did that already release? Those, those dropped. Yeah. They uh, dropped uh, like last week or something like that in, uh, you know, limited uh, quantities. I think more colorways are coming, but uh, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes as well. So you can check these out, but these are incredible. In my opinion, they just represent for me, like what Re- Reebok has been killing it for the last year and a half, year and a half to two years, like really quietly too. Um, these were actually designed by Evan Belforti, who I, um, I interviewed for high snobiety, really, really great. Uh, you can't really call him up and coming designer anymore because he's already, in my opinion, one of the best designers at any of these sportswear companies. But uh, yeah, he uh, he really hit it out of the park. It's like super sporty, super techy. It's got this really cool like zip or like latch closure. Like just check out the show notes. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So that is my shoe of Q1. Yeah, I, I th- those are the the ones that I call the Tesla Cybertrucks on your feet, right? Yeah, yeah. No, those are, those are I really really like those, man. Especially that black colorway is so hard. Yeah, so good. Very what about you? What's your looking. what's your what's your number one? Yeah, my my number one. This one this was the easiest choice. Like by far, my favorite release of the year was uh, the ready made blazers. I knew it. Uh, yeah, man, I, I love I love that pair, man. It's 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 so nice. It looks so good, and and it's so unique, man. And like to to take a blazer, which is you know a pretty boring uh, silhouette, and never really been a hyped silhouette. Maybe the off white blazers were the only time it had hype. Uh, to turn it into that, like I thought was just, wow, it's such a good shoe. And the colorway that I, I specifically love, the colorway I have, the black and orange. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, I, it's just a shoe I love wearing. It, it just adds like a lot of edginess to like 
whatever outfit you're trying to wear and it's like i like that it's so it's very limited to and i i haven't seen i haven't seen one person in berlin wear the shoe like i so uh, like I, i like that i'm literally the only guy with this pair wearing them and i haven't seen a lot of people on instagram either posting fit pics with it so that for me that makes me like it even more like uh, it's it's a shoe that um not a lot of people have and it just to me looks so so dope um i think uh i forget his name hero hero Hir- okay i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> i forgot the, the name of the guy who who designed it but man he did an amazing job for me definitely shoe of the year man ready-made nice. blazer so far i think that's a solid uh six or five i guess shoes uh pretty solid that would be a solid rotation in my opinion yeah for sure for sure you mentioned the new balance pata that that's a brand that's been kind of quiet q1 new balance right? yeah like overall yeah. I'd say they've been kind of quiet i mean they've got they've got some big stuff coming up uh they've got the bape uh 2002s you know they've uh, salehi's got another sneaker or two coming with them yeah um, we'll see they how have they some, do q2 i mean aimly on door as well they've got some mm. big uh big things coming up so uh I think I'm super excited for Q2. I'm uh, already super excited to do the Q2 report on the podcast again. Yeah, um, me too. But yeah, I, I, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, thank you. Let me know. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, or just tag us on Instagram. Uh, let us know what were your favorite sneakers of the year. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, uh, anyone who would be interested in sneakers, interested in this content. Uh, it really helps us out. And give us a review, of course, on the iTunes store. And we'll see you next time. Peace, guys.